Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The basis for our message is the gospel lesson read earlier. Now, I don't have another doc knock joke for you. I have something worse a Sven and Oli joke. Okay, Sven and Oli are on a jungle safari when suddenly a ferocious lion jumps in front of them. And Sven says, Shh, remember what we read in the book. If we don't move at all and we stare into his eyes, the lion will walk away. And Oli whispers back, Okay, you read that book, I read that book, but did the lion read that book? Sven and Oli were afraid, we're scared. What is it that scares you? What is it that could scare you? As I read the text today, and as I read it earlier in preparation for the services this week, I thought, this could be a really scary text for almost any Christian. Think about it. Jesus is speaking about judgment, and he says, there are some who are going to be on the outside of heaven looking in. Some who thought they were going to be on the inside, but are not. Isn't that thought rather scary? What is it that Jesus is saying? Are we to be frightened by this text? Is that what Jesus wants? How are we to understand this text? That's what we're going to address today. But let's go back and hear what Jesus says. Pick it up in verse 25. When once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and to knock at the door saying, Lord, open to us, then he will answer you. I do not know where you come from. And you will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. Isn't that scary? It speaks about judgment, right? Judgment is coming. The door is going to be shut. And there are going to be people on the outside looking to try to get in. And some of those who are on the outside are going to be claiming to know Jesus, to have been in his presence, to, to, to eat and drink with him, and to hear him talk into the streets. But the most terrifying part is when you hear Jesus say to them, I tell you, I do not know where you come from. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. It's absolutely terrifying if we think about it. Because it raises the question, who is he speaking to? Who will this be? Or the real question that might be crossing your mind, is it me? You see, that's really the basis of what this whole episode begins with, right? We have a person coming up to Jesus as he's on his way to Jerusalem, and he says to Jesus, Lord, will those who be saved be few? What's really behind that question? Isn't the thought really, am I going to be included? He wants to know if it's going to be few or lots, because he wants to know his chances of getting into the kingdom. The natural question is, is it me? Will I be part of it? So how are we to understand this text? We think about a Christian faith, one of the joys of the Christian faith is the idea of assurance, right? We're to be assured that God loves us. We're to be assured that we have a place in his kingdom. We are to have assurance that, that we're going to be in his kingdom and know where we're going to spend all of eternity. If that's so, how do we understand this text? How are we to see it? Well, the key to the text really is found in verse 25 when he says... Once the master of the house has risen and shut the door, it's clear those on the outside were not part of the kingdom already. They had already withdrawn themselves from the kingdom. They weren't part of God's kingdom. That's why they're not on the inside when the Lord shuts the door. Judgment is coming. That's what the shutting of the door is. It's very clear. 
And it's also very clear that once the door is shut, there is no second chance. But if you're already in the kingdom, you have life. But if you're not part of the kingdom now, why would you expect to be part of the kingdom in the future? It is a very hard statement. It really is telling us the time to believe, the time to grow in our faith, the time to make sure we are in faith is now. It's not to wait. And so what are we to do? Again, Jesus is very clear. Strive to enter through the narrow door. Jesus speaks about this narrow door. When he says this narrow door, it's very clear what he's saying. There's only one way into heaven. It's through Christ. It's through him and through him alone. This is not going to be a popular statement in the world that we live in today, right? It sounds rather arrogant to say there's only one way into heaven. In our culture, and our world, likes inclusive language. That everybody's part of it. This is very exclusive, is it not? That there is only one way. But, but scripture is clear. This is what the Bible teaches. Because the Bible makes it clear that the way that that which keeps us away from heaven, that's what keeps us away from God and his kingdom, is sin. And there's only one who has taken care of sin. There's only one that's dealt with it, and that is Christ. That's why he himself is the door. That's why the door is narrow. He has dealt with sin once and for all. He suffered and died for sin and rose to conquer sin, death, and the grave. And so he is the one way of salvation and offers that salvation to all. So we are to strive to enter through that narrow door. But as Lutherans, that term strive might make us a little nervous, right? Because the strive means, puts the onus on us to, to do the work, that we have to make the effort. But again, understand what the Lord is saying, is that it's the word of God that brings forgiveness. It's the word that brings you into the kingdom. It's the word that brings you God's love. And when the Lord tells you to strive, he's telling you to be in that word, to trust in that word, to rely upon that word, because that's way, the way you enter through the narrow door. All of this is really warning us against complacency. You see, as sinful people, it's easy for us to grow complacent. We do in a lot of areas of life, don't we? How many things in life do we just simply take for granted? It's always been there, it's always going to be there. Doesn't it make sense that it'd be really easy to do that with our faith? Because our faith is a gift. We received it from the Lord. It's, it's a gift of God. It'd be real easy for us to grow complacent. To, to just sit back and, and not much think of it at all. And the problem with complacency is it turns us away from the Lord and turns us away toward ourself. Our Lord is reminding us, giving urgency to our faith, that there's no place else to turn but to the Lord and we are to turn to his promises, trust in his promises, God has promised salvation for all people. We saw that even in the Old Testament lesson that talked about people drawn from all around the world. And isn't that what Jesus is building on when we come to our text today? And he says people will come from east and west and north and south and recline at table in the kingdom of God. Isn't that just picking up on the imagery that we saw in Isaiah? The idea that, that this salvation isn't just for the Jews. It isn't just for one group of people. It's for absolutely everyone. The door our Lord has told us is narrow, but it's open to all. God wants all to enter through it. And we shouldn't become complacent about it, but we should appreciate and enjoy it. And when we do that, we don't have to worry about our place. You can have assurance. You can be sure of your life and of your salvation. 
Because it's not dependent on you. The door is narrow, but it's been opened to you. If you think about the imagery of the Lord shutting the door and those outside remaining outside, keep in mind, you're already in the kingdom. You are today. You were brought into the kingdom through the waters of baptism. The Lord united himself to you. You belong to him. You are his today. You're enjoying that kingdom right now. This gathering here in this church is a gathering of God's kingdom. It's a gathering of God's people. You're going to be invited to his table where he is host and he offers himself. You are in the kingdom. And God continues to minister to you in this kingdom to strengthen you in your faith and your love for him. And if you are in the kingdom today, the Lord will do everything to make sure you're in the kingdom tomorrow and forever. That is his promise to you. What the Lord is calling for you to do is to be faithful. Don't grow complacent in your faith, but place your trust in his word. Be in his word. Continue to gather around his word and sacrament. Continue to gather with people like we are doing today. Continue to be in his word. Study his word. Study your word at home and with the scriptures. Gather with fellow Christians in Bible study. Study his word so that you understand this wonderful gift that God has given. And so that when you hear the word of God, when you read the word of God, you're reassured of your place in his kingdom and how you belong to him and the blessings that he has for you. Because as we're in the word, we're not focused on ourselves and what we do. We're focused on him. We're focused on what he offers. We're strengthened in our faith. The Holy Spirit is at work in our hearts. And when we're in the Word, we're not just thinking about ourselves, we're thinking about those around us. Because today's text gives us a little urgency, doesn't it? It's a reminder, judgment is coming. There will be people outside the kingdom. It's a reminder, there are no second chances. As it says in Hebrews, you're given once to die, then the judgment. Doesn't that give urgency to the way we live out our life among our family and friends? Oh, do we not recognize that that being part of the kingdom makes us an ambassador of that kingdom? To invite others through that narrow door and to encourage our fellow believers and fellow members of the kingdom to remain faithful in that kingdom, to be strengthened? We're not just thinking about ourselves, but we're thinking about those around us so that all can know the wonders, the, the beauty of God's love on a daily basis and the promises that he has for all eternity. Again, when people come across this text, it can sound rather scary. But keep in mind, it's only scary when we're turned inward. When we hear this text and we think, well, have I done enough to be part of that kingdom? Have I done anything to put myself out of the kingdom? Then it becomes scary. But when we're focused on Christ, it's not scary at all. We're already in the kingdom. When I focus on Christ, that he's died for me, that he's risen for me, that he's called me in baptism, maybe part of the kingdom, I'm already inside. He has won salvation for you. He has given you that salvation. You are in the kingdom. You can be sure. With comfort, with peace and love, you will continue in his kingdom. Today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding guide our hearts and minds to true faith to life everlasting. Amen.